I'm pleased to welcome back to the show, Andrew Rulin. He's president of Integrated Wealth Management. And you know what? Before I go anywhere, Andrew, I got to thank you for your support of Special Olympics. Uh, you've been spectacular with your company and consistent and, you know, just really positive vibes coming. And I can tell you the athletes and their families, it's just so much appreciated. And that's my way of sticking it to you because uh, I'm wanting people to know that right now we have our big golf tournament auction on that they can go online, newmontauction.com. Newmont is N-E-W-M-O-N-T, newmontauction.com. And I know you'll do it because you're always supporting Special O, but I did want to start with saying thanks for that, Andrew. That's always my pleasure, Mike. As, as I've told you before, uh, I love the way that you use the, the leverage that you have on this, on this platform to, to help people that, uh, that are really in dire need. In fact, I would say that in many respects, uh, people with intellectual disabilities are amongst the most forgotten in our society. So the fact that you use your uh, platform for that is, uh, it's easy to join in. Well, that's great. Uh, I'll give you just one quick uh, thing here. Talk about forgotten. They were forgotten during the pandemic. Uh, There's no group that had a greater incidence of dire health results or uh, outcomes uh, because they have a lot of comorbidities a lot of times uh, than that group. But yet you hear them rarely ever mention people with intellectual disabilities. But anyways, Mm -hmm. let's get on to some stuff that you deal with on a daily basis. Obviously, you're dealing with clients, you're dealing with analysts, you're looking at the broad picture. I, I just want to sum up and say, what worries you most when you look out there? By far, it's the bond market, and in particular, the government bond market. And the reason for that, very simply, is that Government bonds are assumed to be risk-free other than perhaps uh, fluctuation in, in value if you're, if you're looking at the long end of the, the, the yield curve. But there's this assumption that government bonds are perpetually safe, that governments never actually uh, default on, on their debt. And second, uh, what goes along with that is the fact that there's this almost a cult-like belief that central banks can always control um, interest rates over the whole yield curve. And of course, they can control the short-term rates through their policy, like the Fed funds rate or the Bank of Canada uh, overnight rate. But the fact is, is that they simply don't have control over the whole bond market. And when we get to the point, we don't know exactly where it is, but when we get to that point where uh, the tipping point is reached of confidence in government uh, has started to decline so much and so many people have lost confidence, then we're in for some big trouble. Yeah. And, and as you say, you've got to at least understand there's that risk. And that I'm with you that I think people don't appreciate. I mean, our job as professionals, your job is helping people manage their money is to manage risk. That's what a pro does. So just even to acknowledge that that's out there. Uh, let me go one more that's related, of course, is inflation. I mean, we got our number from August, 4.1%. So I can tell you if I've got one and a half percent in a 10-year bond, I'm losing money. I'm losing purchasing power every year. But what's your take on inflation? You know, the transitory debate, that kind of stuff. I I think uh, for the Fed to say and for the Bank of Canada and and other central bankers to be saying that it is transitory, I think that's more of a political defense than anything else. Um, We see that there are pockets of inflation, but inflation seems to move from different uh, from one area to another so that overall the inflation seems to be more of a permanent feature. And of course, you know, we have all the money printing that's going on. But the thing that I think the pandemic has really brought forward is supply chain risk. And so uh, we end up with shortages in, in different, different areas. And so that, I think, is driving the inflation. While it might not be kind of 
normal inflation. The fact is, is that prices are going up. And, you know, 4.1% in Canada, but 5% um, is, the, is the current number in the U.S. And those are the official uh, CPI numbers, which, uh, which are, I think, a little bit misleading because, um, at least in Canada, it doesn't include energy or food. And I don't, I don't know what's more important than the ability to eat or, uh, or to heat your home or, uh, in many cases, you know, to actually be able to drive somewhere. So, yeah, so when they do yeah. that, I'm sorry. Uh, so the core inflation number, you're right. They remove energy. They remove that. They also don't include asset inflation. Like mm-hmm. I want to buy a home. Now the mm-hmm. cost of owning a home, that would be property taxes, insurance, maintenance stuff has gone up 14% in the last year, but that doesn't include the, the the buying. So there's a lot of things that are not in, inside that sort of uh, calculation. But let me ask you this. Okay. So, you know, I mean, one of the reasons, by the way, quickly, the Bank of Canada or the feds don't want to say inflation is longer term because it doesn't make any sense to own a 10-year bond at one and a half percent if inflation's running, whether it's three or four or five, it doesn't make any sense. So yeah. they've got to talk that game. But what do you do as a money manager uh, to help protect your your clients in terms of, okay, well, they don't want to take a lot of risk, you know, but they recognize inflation's eating away their savings. So how do you handle that? Well, it's, it's I would say, kind of a three-pronged approach. Uh, first of all, in, instead of having any long-dated government bonds, we've chosen to basically get out of the government bond market altogether and, and shift really to a high-quality corporate bond um, uh, allocation instead of government bonds. That's going to give us a bit of a pickup in yield, and it's also going to um, to reduce our duration risk. So government or corporate bonds can go down when interest rates go up, but because they're on the shorter end of the yield curve, that, that won't happen quite as badly. The second thing is, is that we have brought in uh, some private alternatives. And so this would be things like uh, private credit, uh, private real estate. Those are the primary things. And uh, in some cases, a little bit of farmland um, depends on, on, on the circumstances and the access, um, you know, through a securitized investment. And then the third thing is what we call stocks you can tolerate, which is going to be a way of managing stocks that, uh, that provides an income through dividends but also uh, minimizes the volatility because we're not just buying and holding and we're not just buying an index. We're buying a select basket of, um, of dividend growers that have a history of growing dividends, and that brings a lot of stability. So not only do dividend-paying stocks have lower volatility than, say, growth stocks, but the other side of it is, is the fact that our managers actively manage and they are not required to be fully invested all the time. And then we bring in things like currency hedging and put options. And, uh, and the tactical use of cash is implicit in the fact that we're not, uh, not always having to be fully invested. So that reduces the overall volatility of the portfolio and effectively prevents the client from having to be in a position where they have 15, 20, 30, or what used to be, say, even a 40% allocation in government bonds in the old-fashioned 60-40 portfolio. It prevents them from having to basically be picking up dimes in front of bulldozers, because that's really what the, the government bond market is, in, in our opinion. Well, and you can hear, everyone can hear that, you know, there's some significant thoughts to have here. And that's why I, I got to remind people, we're doing a webinar right after the show, 
today. And uh, you just go to mikesmoneytalks.ca and you can sign up. Again, there's always a limited number, but in this case, we're going to keep it available to people. So just go to mikesmoneytalks.ca. It starts uh, like 10 minutes after I'm done today, 11.05 Mountain Time, about 10.05 Pacific. Uh, today, but it gives a chance to get more detail in those kinds of things, because I think this is a kind of discussion people need to be aware of when it comes to managing their money or having their money managed. You've got to know what questions, what thoughts to have. Mm-hmm. And as I say, uh, that's a great opportunity. Andrew, as usual, I've got to just get one more thing in for you, though. Can you give me a one minute thing on the commodity super cycle? Well, uh, we're of the belief we're in the camp that thinks that we are in a multi-year commodity super cycle. And uh, about six months ago or so, we actually introduced a, a kind of a module with one of our portfolio managers called Core and Explore. And that's how we have been, I would say, uh, conservatively participating in uh, the commodity super cycle, uh, doing it through uh, some long or flat only ETFs, as well as some sector specific ETFs. And um, the only one that's really uh, behind by by a long shot is is, is the gold sector, but that's uh, you know another discussion for for another day. But we're doing quite well in the uranium sector, and uh, the clean energy space is still down a little bit from inception. But overall, we're still up in the uh, the seven percent neighborhood or so uh, since inception. So that's a, a conservative tactical way of uh, of playing the commodity super cycle. So we're not looking at you know trying to buy. Uh, you know, uh, Arbob uh, gasoline futures or or playing around on the NYMEX with uh, with natural gas futures or anything. But but we're playing it conservatively. But that's another way to actually offset the effects of inflation, because, of course, commodities are one of the things that uh, that, of course, uh, attract a lot of capital when there's a lot of extra printed money flowing around. Well, I just remind people the webinar starts immediately after the show today. Uh, good stuff. I mean, this is the kind of thing that people have to be engaged in in a conversation, have to be engaged in in their thought process to mm-hmm. hear some of these uh, different ways to approach the market, protect yourself. Andrew did a great job today. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Thanks, Mike. That's uh, go to mikesmoneytalks.ca. You can sign up for the webinar there, or if you can't make it today, you can still receive a recording of the live webinar. So go to that integrated wealth management.